telling you, I was not born to wear a mask. Uh, I don't like wearing a mask. Now, I do wear one because I've been asked to. Uh, I go into the stores, and I, I don't know all of you that have to wear one at work for eight hours a day. God bless you. Uh, but that's not what I like to do. Now, let me tell you a strange thing. Is it coincidence? I don't think so. We're in the year, the Hebrew calendar, we're in the year 5780. You know what this year is known as? It's the year of the mouth. It's the year in the Hebrew calendar, the year of shouting, the year of the breath. What do we do as people of God? What did Jesus tell us to do? He said to go into all the world, preach the gospel. What does the psalmist say? He says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Now we're in a time where the enemy, and it is the enemy, the root cause is the devil himself who's come through the back door of the church and he's tried to put a muzzle on the mouth of the church saying, I've warned you. I want you quiet. I don't want you shouting. I don't want you worshiping. And he's come through the back door. Now the government is coming to agreement with him. And this virus has come across the world we're living in. And it's a real virus. There's no doubt about it. But the root cause is the devil. And he's using that to stop the church. Matter of fact, the government has said, no more public gatherings. There was one time they said the church can no longer meet. And the church shut down. Then it continued. And the devil, I, I see it as the devil pushing. And he immediately comes and he takes some ground. Then he pushes a little bit more and he takes some ground. And he pushes till he gets some resistance. And as soon as he gets some resistance, he'll, okay, okay, I'll back up. Thank the Lord there's been some resistance in the church. When churches in California and other places, when the government said, no more public gatherings, church, you cannot meet. You cannot meet publicly. You cannot meet in homes. You, and if you happen to meet, you can't sing, can't shout, can't pray out loud. And there has been some resistance. Pastors, thank God for these pastors that have said, nope, that's far enough. We defy these orders because it goes against what we've been commanded to do in the Word of God. And these pastors are standing up even to civil authority when civil authority has crossed the line. And thank God for those in California that are meeting today uh, with the threat of being arrested, with the threat of being, they said the first thousand people that showed up at church would receive a misdemeanor citation. But even at the threat of going to jail, of being fined, one pastor said they told him you would be fined $500 to $1,000 a day that you did not comply. They met anyway. And they're meeting again this morning. And so we need to be, amen. Let's give the Lord praise for that. Uh, the year of the mouth. The year of the shout, the year of the breath of God. And the Word of God is going to continue marching forward. Amen? You in agreement with me? I love the praise and worship in this house this morning.
Dennis, great job. We just met this morning, but great, great job. I'm grateful for you that are watching online. My wife right now is watching online. Everybody say hi to Susan. Susan, hello. Uh, we have our granddaughter here. Evelyn's in from Missouri with her two sons, Jonathan and Alexander, and Kim is over at the house. and uh, They're at the home watching today, and all of you others that are watching online, we welcome you. Please embrace this service. You're in the presence of God right now in your home. We want you worshiping the Lord with us. We want the Word of God to go into your heart. And I realize today, because of the way we have to do church, church is different than when I was pastoring. When I was pastoring, we'd come together, and we would have usually two-hour services when I started pastoring. We would worship for a long period of time. I'd preach for an hour, if not longer. I'm trying not to do that anymore. Matter of fact, I've got a timer staring at me right here in the face. I know when my time's up. I hope I get all my points in before my time's up. But this is a different time we're living in. Pastor Chris, thank you for being willing to answer the call. You didn't know that when you answered the call to pastor a church, this was going to happen. I didn't know it. And uh, so I'm telling you, pray for your pastors. Pray for your pastors as they make this journey. I know he doesn't, even, he doesn't like to wear this mask either. We don't like that. It puts a muzzle, like a muzzle on our face. And I noticed something. I'll go into the grocery store now, uh, and I'm the grocery shopper in the house nowadays. And I go with my mask on, and i usually pretty friendly when I'm in the grocery store. I like to talk to people and ask, how you doing, you know, smile at them. But now the grocery store is quiet. No one's talking to each other. And when I do look at somebody, I said, Hey, I'm smiling at you. I have to tell them, smiling at you. I'm not frowning. I'm smiling at you. It's just a different world we're living in. And I don't particularly like it, but you know what we're in? We're in the end times. I always wanted to be a part of the end times. How about you? I dreamed about it when I was a teenager. Oh, what's it going to be? Oh, I'm going to live. Jesus is going to come again. I'm going to be here. But I'm here, and I don't like it. I don't like what I see going on in our world right now. I don't like to see the unrest, the civil disorder. I don't like to see what I'm seeing. But Jesus said, hey, let me tell you about what it's going to be like right before I come again. We're in the end time. Let me just say, the end time started when Jesus birthed the church in the book of Acts. The day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, that was the beginning of the end time times. It started there. And the disciples thought it was going to happen immediately. They were assured of it. Jesus was going to come and establish his kingdom on the earth. And they kept asking, when is this going to happen? And even when he left, he said, that's not for you to know. Just be about the business of proclaiming the gospel. And they were about the business of pro proclaiming the gospel, but they still were thinking, he's going to come back. Get ready, y'all. Be ready. He's coming. He's coming. Here we are 2,000 years later. He hasn't come yet. You realize there are scriptures that have to be fulfilled before Jesus will come again. One of those scriptures that had to be fulfilled was the fact that Israel had to become a nation again. That happened. In 1948, Israel became a nation again. That was a fulfillment of prophecy. It had to happen before Jesus came. Now we're 
a few years past that. Now there's some other things that have got to happen. Many believe that the temple in Jerusalem is going to have to be rebuilt. The third temple will be rebuilt. And you know what? That is in the drawing plans as I speak. The rabbis that have gone together, and they have already created the utensils for the upcoming rebuilding of the temple. The garments for the priest are being made right now. They're drawing up plans to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. That means we're getting closer and closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, now, while you're waiting on these things to happen, let me just tell you what you need to be aware of. Now, there's some things he wants us to be aware of. You realize there are, oh, there are approximately, and I wrote this down, about 575 scriptures in the Bible, in the Old Testament, about Jesus first coming, when he came on the earth the first time. And he fulfilled every one of those. Now, there are, they say, close to almost 1,900 scriptures in the Bible, New and Old Testament, about his second coming. There are more scriptures about his second coming than there were, were about his first coming. And he fulfilled all his first coming scriptures, and I promise you, he's going to fulfill all the second coming scriptures. And many of them have already been fulfilled. Many believe there's not really much else that has to happen other than the temple has to be rebuilt. And there's some other things that are going to take place according to the scriptures, but right now, Jesus says, I want you to be aware of what it's going to be like right before I come. Do you think it's important that we be aware of what it's going to be like? Especially since we're living in it. We're living in it right now. And he said, don't be surprised when I tell you these things. Because I'm going to give you some things that you need to be aware of so you can stand in the evil days. It's going to be evil days. Matter of fact, Isaiah said there's going to be darkness. Not just darkness, deep darkness all over the earth. But at the same time, there's going to be great light shining through my people. And there's going to be deep darkness, there's going to be great light. And he said, I want you to be aware of that. And he tells us in Matthew chapter 24 and Luke chapter 21, Mark chapter 13, he tells us what it's going to be like before he comes. So I'm going to encourage you, please, you that are watching online, you that are here in this service, I'm going to encourage you, oh, please, take your Bible. I said there are almost 1,200 scriptures. Someone said 150 chapters that talk about what it's going to be like right before he comes again. It's important for us to know what that's like so we're not caught unaware, that we're not caught in the darkness, that we're not caught by the enemy. And Jesus says, I want you to be aware of these things so you can stand in the evil day, having done all to stand. So I want us to take a stand this morning. I want us to stand upon the rock, and His name is Jesus. If you're not standing on the rock, you're standing on sinking sand. But let me give you four things. Now, these are four things out of the almost 1,200 things, okay? But if you know these four things, it's going to help you as you journey through this time in which we are living in. 
and I give you, I'm going to give it in a way that you, I believe you'll be able to take it and understand it and take it home with you. Now, this has come not just for me, but it became a rhema word into my heart when I heard it for the first time some time ago, some months ago. Uh, was just listening to different prophetic voices, and I do listen to the prophetic voices. You know, the Bible says that God will not do anything unless it, until he first reveals it to the prophets. And he is revealing things to prophets. And I listen up uh, to those that I know and I believe are prophets in the day and age in which we live. I'm listening to what they have to say. One of those prophets is Jeremiah Johnson. Anybody ever listen to Jeremiah Johnson? If you have never listened to him, listen to him. I believe he's a modern-day prophet for raised up for such a time as this. And I've been listening to him and uh, Mike Bickle, another, giving some words about the end times. And uh, really when Mike Bickle, and I heard this from Mike Bickle, and he shared this about uh, how we need to react during this time, uh, end times. Uh, this stuck with me, and I want to share this with you and give my take on it. And it's just the simply, if we're not standing, we're going to fold. If I had a card table up here and I begin to fold the legs up, Eventually, that table would what? It would collapse. And so there are some things you need to know. There are some negative things about this, but there is some hope in the midst of it all. That if we're not standing on the Word of God, we are going to fold. Our legs are going to fold out from under us. Number one begins with the letter F. This is the devil's number one weapon of warfare. You know what it is? Anybody guess? Fear. Fear. That is Satan's number one weapon to use against the world in which we live. Fear. If he can get you afraid, he's got you on the run. And that's why Paul the Apostle said to young Timothy, Timothy, listen, son, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. If you've got fear, you're not made perfect in love. Because fear brings torment, terror. And you that have been made perfect in love, you will not be overcome by fear. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. And he that fears has not been made perfect in love. Bible says in the end times, men's hearts would fail them because of what? Fear. What is the media base their news reports on? Notice, they base their news reports on fear. You don't hear a report, good news today, please stay tuned. No, it's never that, is it? It's always fearful news. You need to be afraid. COVID is spreading. The economy is going down. Our nation's capitals around our world are being invaded and looted and torn apart. Be afraid. I remember seeing a meme, a lady on her cell phone saying, I want to report someone that's not walking in fear. The devil wants us walking in fear. He wants you to be afraid. And if he can do that, he can get you to at least hide out 
and see what's going to happen. The reason we've been locked up in our homes for months is out of what? Fear that we might catch something. We might spread something. And it was all about fear. That's the devil's number one weapon, fear. He wants us to be afraid. He wants us to run and hide. Number one tool of the enemy is fear. But I'm declaring, according to my Bible, according to the Word of God, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Someone said there are 365 fear knots in the Bible. One for every day of the year. I believe that's probably true, at least 365. Fear not, fret not. And I believe we need to take heart and get the Word of God deep in us that we're not walking in fear, but we're walking in what? Faith. My faith rises up above all fears. So we need to stand in faith so we're not overcome with fear. And don't listen to the... Have you ever watched commercials? What do these pharmacy commercials say to you? I hear commercials all the time. If you have these symptoms, and you, they give a list of symptoms, you may have, they name a disease. And sometimes I listen, I say, mm-hmm, I, I got those symptoms. I better go get checked. You know, it, it, it's sort of like, do you wake up in the morning and you're still sleepy? You may have, and they name a disease you could have. Or do you go to bed at night and you're tired? Oh, you could have. And they name this disease. You need this pill. And what is it? It's all based on what? Fear. Be afraid. That's what, that's just the way the world works. Works on fear because the father of this world is in charge And he creates fear. Number two, Jesus said, this is going to happen. Number two, people are going to be offended. Fear is number one. Offense is number two. He said, if you believe in me and you carry my name, people are going to be offended at you. How many are offended Today, in our world, living in the world we're living in, how many are offended because we say, as believers, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? No one can go to heaven except through who? Jesus. And people are offended at that. That offends me that you say Jesus is the only way. But that's what my Bible says. And Jesus reminded us in the last days, People are going to be offended when you line up with me because you bear my name. They're going to be offended at you. It's an amazing thing. One day Jesus was teaching, and the disciples came to him after he was finished his teaching, and it kind of came against the laws of the Pharisees. And the disciples came and said, Jesus, don't you realize the Pharisees were offended at what you just said? He said, be aware. People are going to be offended at what I say. You know, I used to come to church, growing up in church. And when I would come to church, I would go away sometimes saying, Ooh, boy, I was convicted today. And I'd have to go deal with that conviction. 
get myself right with God. Do you know what happens today in church? People come, the preacher preaches the Bible, and people go and says, that offended me. Not that I was convicted. They say, that offended me. Preacher, that offended me. I can't believe you would say that. And some preachers have kind of said, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I didn't mean to offend you. That's the kind of the world we're living in right now. We don't want to offend anybody, so we keep from preaching certain passages of Scripture because it may offend someone. Jesus said, it's going to offend someone. When you call sin, sin, it's going to offend someone, especially somebody that's in that sin. And it's going to offend them. Instead of we're allowing the Holy Spirit to convict them, we're stepping back and say, oh, I'm sorry. I won't say that again. But Jesus warned us in the last days, many are going to be offended because you're aligning with me. And so offense is a big deal. Religious people are going to be offended. You know, there's something about Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But there's something about the Pharisees. Guess what? They are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I can remember when my father got baptized in the Holy Spirit back in the 70s. We had a good Baptist church. He was pastoring a good Baptist church. But he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it messed with his doctrine. It messed with what he was preaching. And he stood up and said, I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the healing power of God. And you know what that word did? It offended some of the religious people. Now, they didn't mind you praying for the sick, but sure, sure don't declare them healed. Come on. And they didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. It offended them, and some got angry about it. I remember one lady got so offended. Now, she could come to church, and her demons were just fine. They didn't get upset at all. But when you begin to talk about the power of God, her demons got offended. One day, she didn't show up at church, but some of the deacons saw her drive into the parking lot with her license plates covered up, and she drove by my father's automobile and got out of her car and started throwing eggs at my father's car. What was that? Her demons got offended about the Word of God. Pharisees get offended. And Jesus said, be aware because people are going to be offended. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. People are going to be offended because you stand true to the Word of God, Chris. People are going to be offended when you preach the Bible. But you know what? Jesus said, don't worry about it. They were offended at me too. They hated me too. So don't worry about that. Just keep preaching the Word of God. Number three. Jesus said this is going to happen in the last days. People are going to fall in to the lust of their flesh, the lust of their eyes, and the pride of life. Lust is simply desiring something God doesn't want you to have. You can lust for power. You can lust for greed, for money. And you can uh, lust in sexual sins. And some people do that. The Bible says in Romans 13, 13, walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. 
Galatians 5.16, I say then walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. The Word of God is to keep us from walking in the lust of our flesh. That's why we need to get this Word deep in our heart so we're not falling in. Because our default, we have a default. Our default usually falls into fear, offense, and lust. Some people fall into lust because of uh, their self-medicating. We're living in a stressful time, and they don't know what to do, so they just self-medicate. And you realize, I was reading the other day, that children now are watching things on the Internet that, as an adult, we never watch. But they say children as young as four and five years old are, are watching things on the Internet that are inappropriate. Four and five years old. Some get hooked on that stuff when they're children. They fall in to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And Jesus says, I told you it was going to happen in the end time. This is what it's going to be like. That's going to increase. So be aware. Don't be caught off guard. Don't fall into that lust. Number four, my last point, is don't fall into deception. When the disciples came to Jesus after he walked through Jerusalem one day and looked at the beautiful temple that had been built, the second temple, beautiful temple, Jesus walked through and said, you know what? One stone of this building, all these buildings are not going to be left upon another. They're all going to fall down. That happened in 70 A.D. when Jerusalem was attacked by the Romans. And the temple was torn down. And right after he made that statement, the disciples came to him and said, uh, Master, uh, when, when is all that going to happen? When is Jerusalem going to be torn down and the temple torn down? And they asked a second question. What's it going to be like right before you come again? And the first thing Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, he says, Be careful that you're not deceived. Because deception is going to be easy for people to fall into it's kind of a default we fall into deception even believers can fall into deception jesus said that to his disciples he's saying that to us be careful that you're not deceived which tells me i can be deceived ever met somebody that got deceived they were in the church part of the church they got deceived and they began to follow strange teachings and doctrines they got deceived. I've seen it happen. My prayer for myself, many times I go off and I spend some time talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, please, don't let me be deceived. I don't want to walk in deception. And you're deceived not by just, he said, now, many false prophets are going to rise up in the last days. And they're going to begin to preach, and many are going to be deceived. They're going to follow false prophets. And a false prophet is not just someone who announces, hey, I'm a false prophet. They're just people. Some you know. Some are preachers behind pulpits. They get off and they are deceived. I've known of my years of being in ministry of pastors that have gotten off track. They followed a false doctrine. They followed the whims of society. They didn't want to offend anybody, so they stopped preaching the Word of God. They began to accept things that God said, oh, nope, that's a sin. Can't accept that. But they got deceived. 
and begin to preach a false gospel, a false word of God, and people begin to follow them. And said they must be right because they're men and women of God. But Jesus said, be careful, church. Be careful, believers, that you're not deceived, that you don't fold into deception. Deceived? Sure. It could happen. We've got to pray, and I do this on a daily basis. I'm listening to preachers trying to get a word from God, and I hear somebody say something that uh, just doesn't sound right. Something goes off inside of me. That doesn't sound right. Let me go check it out according to the word, and I find out, nope, that's not true. He's kind of gotten off a little bit. We better make people aware of that. And there are preachers you know right now that have kind of gotten off track. You better know what the Bible says. Because if you don't know what the Bible says, you can be led astray with them. You too can be deceived. These are just four things that are going to happen before Jesus comes again. What are the four things? What are they? Number one, what are they? Fear. Number two, offenses. You can offend people. People will be offended at you. You can even be offended at God. Be careful that you don't get offended at God because He doesn't respond the way we want Him to respond. He hadn't responded fast enough for me concerning this COVID virus, but I still honor Him. Mary and Martha got offended at Jesus because they didn't show up in time to heal their sick brother. But Jesus had another plan in mind. But they got offended at Jesus. Why weren't you here when my brother was sick? When we called you, you didn't come. And they were offended at Jesus. Be careful you don't get offended at him. You don't get offended at the preacher because he's preaching the word of God. Number three, what is it? Lust, that we don't fall into the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Be careful. Watch out. You've got to watch out for each other. And then lastly, what is it? Don't fall into deception. That is the word fold. Let's don't collapse. Let's don't fold. These are the things that are going to happen in the end time. Listen to me. Church, we need each other. The Bible says, do not forsake assembling together as a matter of some is. But gather together so you can encourage each other through love and good works. That we encourage each other. I'm grateful that we have online church. Grateful that could happen. That's one of the things that had to happen before Jesus could come again. He had to have a way that we could preach the gospel. Because the Bible said the gospel is going to preach in all the world. Then he's going to come. How could that happen? Only could happen because now we have our devices that I can preach from right here in Duncanville and preach all over the world. That's being fulfilled right now. I'm grateful for this, but this is no substitute for gathering together with the people of God. You that are watching online, I'm grateful that you're watching online, but don't forsake assembling together. There's going to be an opportunity to come back, and I'm going to encourage you to come back to the house of God. Even though we stay, we're staying six foot apart at least, we're wearing masks in and out. At least we can see each other, encourage each other, wave to each other, talk to each other. You can't do that at home. You need this. You need the body of Christ. We need to encourage each other in that way so we're not deceived. I just wanted to bring you that word this morning so you can stand strong in the Lord and the power of His might that you don't fold under and be taken out of the game. Jesus is coming again. Oh, even so, come, Lord Jesus. I can't wait. But he said the reason, Peter said it this way, the reason 
Jesus does not come. Some of you think he's slow about coming. No, he's giving us more time to get the gospel message out. That's why he hasn't come yet. He didn't want anybody to be lost. He wants everybody to be saved. If you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus, this is a great time to come to know Jesus. If you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, oh, what a good time to come to Jesus right now. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, I'm praying for those that I've been a little offended at. I watch news broadcasts, I get a little offended. I watch Antifa out on the streets and I hear them spout their lies and I get a little offended. But you know what I begin to do? I really begin to pray for them. I'm praying for Sean King. He is the leader, one of the leaders of Black Lives Matter. I'm all for black lives, but the organization I'm not so much for. Because it's so contrary to the Word of God. But I pray for Sean King. I'm praying, God, let him have an encounter with you. Show up. Just show up. Let him have an encounter with you. Father, I today pray for those that do not know you. Those that are walking contrary to you, Lord. Those that are spouting lies and deception. Lord, we stand against them. We resist them. Lord, we pray for the person that doesn't know you. Lord, they're lost. They're lost. And Lord, they need an encounter with you. Lord, may you give them that encounter. Lord, today, someone in this room, someone online, needs to say yes to you. Say it right now. Jesus, I need you. I want you. I call on your name. Save me change me I give you my life in Jesus precious name we pray everybody say amen